Hey everyone, this is Lynn Bartown, and you are listening to the Apex Hour on KSUU Thunder 91.1. In this show, you get more personal time with the guests who visit Southern Utah University from all over, learning more about their stories and opinions beyond their presentations on stage. We will also give you some new music to listen to and hope to turn you on to some new sounds and new genres. You can find us here every Thursday at 3 p.m. on the web at seu.edu slash apex or email us at seuapex at icloud.com. But for now, welcome to this week's show here on Thunder 91.1. Okay, how exciting. We're here again. So those of you who've been listening live, it's twice in one week. Um, My name is Lynn Vartan. This is the Apex Hour, and it's time to talk about art. I'm so excited for this week's event um, because it's definitely an an area and a subject matter that I love, um, especially being in music and teaching here in music at Southern Utah University. It's a great opportunity to kind of show off all the cool things we have going on in the College of Visual and Performing Arts. So that's what we're going to do today. We have three of our senior artists here in the house, and they are all participating in their uh, Bachelor of Fine Arts Stone exhibition at the Southern Utah Museum of Art, which is right here in Cedar City. And that exhibition opened on March 20th and will uh, be on all the way until May 5th. Um, and we're going to talk about their art, we're going to talk about their background, and talk about the creative process in general. So what I'd like to do is just let them introduce themselves. So Jordan, how about you go first? Okay. Uh, my name is Jordan Haskell. I'm from Orem, Utah. Um, my show was the motion graphics, and it's, it's based on uh, an actual film that will hopefully one day be pitched to L.A. and Hollywood called Banking on Crazy. That's so cool. <laughs> and I, I know you told the story a little bit earlier today, but can you tell sure, me that yeah, cool story it. about the topic <laughs> yeah. of what it's about? Yeah, so it's about a, a group of friends who are trying to make their way in L.A., um, they they want to start their own film production company, and they try to crowd fund or crowdsource it, and it doesn't end up going anywhere. So they have a brilliant idea to trick a bank owner into thinking that he has been chosen, his location has been chosen for a movie, and they end up robbing him while filming at the same time. I just think that's so <laughs> fun and yeah, it's so a cool. great story. <laughs> like, did how did they come up with that? I mean, do you um, know? Well, there's a there's a process and there's writing and then it goes through a bunch of revisions and um, my friend who let me do the project for him um, he's the one who actually wrote it it's his own original script so it's it's really cool to be working with someone with that much talent yeah I can totally see that <laughs> like absolutely going off and really taking off Definitely, so we'll yeah. keep our we'll keep our eyes out for it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Who'd like to go next? Yeah, I'll go. Um, So my name is Melissa, and I'm senior graphic designer. Um, In the show, I did a branding and packaging project, um, and it's based off of a company called Eves, um, which I made up, and it's a kind of like a bath product company. So there's hand soaps, bath bombs, shampoo and conditioner, Um, And then I was inspired by a piece that I did in my lithography class. 
Um, it was it's just like a floral print that I did on lithography, which is a process of drawing on stone. And I took that floral piece and incorporated that into the brand um, and did like a pattern. And with the Eve's brand, I wanted to keep it very natural and organic. So I made all the soaps myself so I know what ingredients went into it. Um, and the branding style is very minimal. There's not a lot of color in it. Um, I just wanted it very clean and simple. That's so cool. Have you always kind of wanted to do sort of a bath and body line or did that come about with this project? Um, it just came from the project. I actually did a, in our branding class that we took last year, um, we were supposed to do a bottle. A beverage. A beverage. Yeah. It was a beverage. And mine was Eve's hard cider, but I ended up not really liking the project and it didn't turn out how I wanted it. So I knew I still wanted to use that Eve's name and brand. And so I just turned that into my capstone and I was like, what can I do that kind of fits the style that I'm looking for? And then it just evolved into the bath products. That's cool. Where does the name Eve's come from? Does that have a particular meaning um, no, not really. So with the beverage, since it was a hard cider, I just thought it was kind of a cheeky name to name it Eve's and I wanted it more feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that just kind of rolled over into my capstone project. That's great. Do you, do you think you'd like actually make and sell the soaps now? Or are you? Um, I had a few offers actually. A couple of people have said, like asked if I sell it and told That's me they want to buy it, but Right now, I'm just I'm focusing on graduating and not really have time to like worry about putting it up on a website or anything like that. And it's a lot of work to make yeah. it and stuff. So I know because I mean you have to kind of mix it mm-hmm. and it hardens and put it in molds and all that. Yeah, kind of stuff. and then it's like money to make the packaging yeah. and like get it printed and stuff like that. So, but you're for right now not I'm not selling it but your line is on display at the museum yes. so we could go check it out and mm-hmm. maybe you'll get some more offers you yeah. know. <laughs> okay and then Michelle my name is Michelle and I am a senior photography major here at SUU I am graduating slash have graduated it's a little complicated but I'm here I'm going to be walking at graduation um, and my show focuses on my real love for adventure, um, I call it my adventure photography. It really focuses on like a person wandering in the wilderness, like solo in a, in a huge, vast landscape. And I really like that aesthetic right now. Yeah. Tell me a little more about it. Like you were talking about you have um, people always in your work or often in your yes. work. So generally, um, I, I started with landscape because it's kind of there's this grand tradition behind landscape photography but I felt it was a little like it made it very hard to connect it was a beautiful picture and that was it for me right and so but the second I put a person in it made it feel like like that could be me even though it was me like I was there to take the picture but it inspires this adventurous spirit within me to you know go out and hike and adventure and discover the things that are unknown and I kind of am pursuing this creative idea right now. (laughs) That's great. And you've done some adventuring yourself, right? Yeah. So I've um, not only hiked all over Utah, but I've been to Africa last summer, most recently to study wildlife photography. And 
like basically travel photography and photojournalism, but I was really focused on the animal aspect. So I actually have a huge section of my portfolio that is wildlife. And hopefully that will be a stepping stone for my future in pursuing wildlife photography. Yeah. How did that trip come about? I mean, did you just kind of design it and get over there or did you know somebody? How did, how did someone from Utah end up going to Africa to take pictures? It was actually um, a study abroad offered through the school. So I got credit for it. And it was something that I never thought I would do. Africa hasn't really ever been a huge, like calling place for me. I've always been like, oh, tropical islands, fun places to go and visit. But for whatever reason, this struck a chord with me. And I was like, you know, I could go to Africa. And I ended up actually crowdfunding the whole trip from family and friends. And I went and I've gotten some amazing shots from it. So oh my gosh, hooray. that's amazing. Well, congrats on that. And congrats to all of you for like getting through school, like you're almost done and ready for the next step. That's exciting. Um, tell me a little bit about how you guys got started in art and maybe some of the other mediums that you've worked in. Um, for example, I know, Melissa, you've also worked in photography. Yeah, I have. And ironically, I did the same study abroad trip that she did. She told oh, you did. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. So I went to Africa and that was my life dream was to take pictures of lions in Africa. And so when the opportunity came up, I was like, um, yes, I don't know how, but I'm going. And so I went over there and like started crying when I took pictures of the lions because oh. it like fulfilled my dream. And yeah, it was amazing. Um, but my background with photography kind of started with my dad. Mm-hmm. We were, there's like this cute little picture of me. I'm like three years old and I have a camera and like taking pictures. Um, it was just something I always grew up around. And my older sister is very artistic and always made like clay figurines and painting. And I always wanted to be my older sister. And <laughs> so I kind of just followed in her footsteps. Um, and that's kind of where my art background came from. And then I went into school doing a minor in photography. And like I said earlier today, I have a degree in math. Um, and that's where I like started. And then when I graduated, um, well, during school, the photography minor turned into a graphic design minor. And then when I graduated, I just decided to pursue my real passion of doing art and um, decided to get the full degree in graphic design. And here I am. <laughs> That's great. Do you use any, when you do your photography, do you do, do you use any cameras like from your dad or did you pass down any equipment or anything like that? Um, I haven't actually. Well, he's like given me a few. He gave me one for my birthday, my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of like his collection and his antiques and stuff like that are just at home sitting there and I'm like, can you just give them to me? (laughs) It's like, not yet. Yeah. (laughs) Jordan, how about you? How did you get started in art and design? Um, that's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of scattered. I mean, I, I started out really young painting and drawing and I took art lessons from a, a private artist and actually pastel was my forte. That's actually what I really started realizing I might have a talent for it. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know. It never, like, really stuck with me, the fine art side of it. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the graphic design. <clears throat> um, when I was first, like, discovering and exploring, I actually thought I wanted to do uh, 3D animation, like the whole Pixar dream, everything. Um, so I did. I do also do some 3D work as well. Um, but I found out that I really loved design, so it kind of came full circle 
with motion graphics because I can use those elements to pursue and continue graphic design while still like injecting those hobbies and passions that I have into it. Tell me about painting lessons. I'm painting not sure lessons. I really <laughs> knew that was a thing. Yeah, she was just a, um, a freelance artist who was offering um, to to have anybody really come in and learn how to paint. Um, she did acrylic and watercolor mostly, um, but she started it, uh, us off on <coughs> pastel because it's a lot easier workable format. So mm-hmm. she just kind of went through like, all of her design or her painting principles, I guess you would say, yeah. with us. Oh, cool! So, yeah. And for those listening who may not know what what motion graphics is mm-hmm. or what yeah. that involves, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, motion graphics. Um, pretty much any time on on moving film, web videos, um, anything really, any time that there's implied motion. It all has to be designed. We design how the text moves, how the shape and imagery moves. Um, sometimes it's just using a camera, but it can also be graphic elements as well, like with the text or illustrations sometimes need to move a certain way. And sometimes we're trying to imitate actual life, and other times we're trying to make it a little more abstracted. Cool. That's great. And how did you get into photography and adventure? Just like hiking, probably. And like, I love this. Well, kind of. I actually started at SUU with a theater degree. Uh And I realized that I like controlling a lot of the things about (laughs) acting that I can't really control, you know, like a director is supposed to control that kind of stuff. And so I was like, I want to control my environment more. And I want to expand on my love for the outdoors. And so in my brain, I was like, what does that mean? What does that look like? And the first logical conclusion I came to was photography. And I was like, okay, you've never really shot anything before. Why photography? And for whatever reason, there was like this pull. And so I just started shooting and it developed. I really, really liked, I have a bunch of friends that are into hiking and they came back with amazing photographs. And I was like, ah, I want to get stuff like that. And it kind of developed from landscaped photography to my own adventurous style, which has been awesome watching. I never knew that I could do that or that would happen. Oh, cool. Well, that's great to get to know you guys a little bit. I think it's time for our first musical break. And we're going to hear a song that's called Tartaro. And it's by a group called Busca Bula. And it's from their title. It's the title track from the album uh, from the the group Tartaro uh, album and song name. And just a reminder that you're listening to KSUU. This is the Apex Hour on Thunder 91.1.
everyone. Welcome back to the Apex Hour. My name is Lynn Vartan, and we are talking about all things art today. I'm joined in the studio with our a couple of our, a few of our senior art, art artists in the Bachelor of Fine Arts, uh, Melissa Kruger, Michelle Gray, and Jordan Haskell. Welcome back, guys. Back. And so to continue our discussion, I wanted to talk about inspiration. Um, do you have anything in particular that is really inspiring to you or really helps kind of propel your work forward right now? Is there anything that's like really moving to you? Like we were talking with the outdoors. Is there, is there something about just being outside that really moves you or is there something else that's really inspiring you? Uh, yes, to both. <laughs> um, I kind of went into depth about this earlier, but there's like, this need for me to create. And sometimes that means going out and pursuing photos, trying to figure out, trying to see the shot. But more than anything, it's about feeling the shot. Like you go out there and like you see it and you know you have to get it. Otherwise you might die. Who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, And that kind of pursuit of that feeling, like that high you get a little bit when you know it's going to be a good shot. That's what keeps on propelling me forward. And that kind of inspires me a little bit with that as well as um, I actually have an Instagram where I solely follow photographers that take photos that I like. And so if I'm in like a rut, I'll just scroll through my Instagram and say, okay, like I can make something like this, but how can I modify it? How can I change it? How can I make it my own? And that to me is what keeps me propelled forward and making new art and making the kind of art that I make. I love that as a, a way to sort of finding uh, inspiration and using social media to find inspiration. It's really a clever way. What about the rest of you? Are there any, do you have like vision boards? Do you keep journals? Like how do you keep your inspiration fired up? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I don't really have one specific thing, but like Michelle, I go on Instagram. I follow some of my friends who have graduated a few years ago. So they've been in the either grad school or been working. Um, and sometimes their work inspires me or other graphic designers that I follow on Instagram. But then also just going on Behance, which is 
the Adobe, I don't know how to explain Behance, but yeah, I don't like, know it's what like that Pinterest Instagram. for graphic designers, kind yeah. of. Is it an open um, source thing that anybody can do? I think so, I think so yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, you just post your stuff. It's like a portfolio almost, mm-hmm. um, but you can see everyone else's work and kind of like Pinterest. So yeah, Behance, Pinterest, it's like how we kind of, I get my ideas flowing. And I'm really drawn to like the minimal designs, um, and typography. I don't know. I I think that's probably Yeah, that's where I so get my cool. So Behance from. is like B E H A N C E. And so like, like if you just Google that, you mm-hmm. can find, You'll it. find mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Oh, learn something net. new. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Jordan, how about you? Where where does your inspiration come from? I mean, a lot of it comes from film. I I collect movies. Um, but I also it's kind of embarrassing, but <laughs> I collect cartoons. Oh, that's not embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. But I'm talking about like from Nickelodeon to Cartoon Network, like <laughs> that's for all, cool. All sorts of different cartoons. Um, because I like to see the way that they solve different problems, different storytelling problems, different animation styles, which all lead back to motion design as well. But so, do you have like a playlist? I mean, how do you do? You have like a cat catalog somewhere and you just go like oh let me dip in here yeah i like to explore and look at different types of shows and different types of movies um i'll follow a a bunch of different like uh podcasts or um blogs that do the same theme and kind of dive into like different animation styles and different motion graphic uh content and they all just discuss it and they analyze it. So it's really cool. And so I go and find my own and I look at how they either made this character move or how they made their text move. And I kind of like build off of that, kind of analyze it. Okay. That makes me have so many <laughs> questions. Okay. So how, so, so if somebody wanted to see what in your opinion is an amazing piece of animation, uh-huh. what would be your suggestion of something that's kind of easy to find? Yeah, um, I would say, like, one of my favorite is Glenn Keane. He is a animator. For, oh, not anymore. He was an animator for Disney. Um, but he really focuses on um, his keyframes. And basically, in a nutshell, animation is just an illusion of something moving. Um, you're basically given 24 frames is usually the standard. And you draw out each frame by hand. And then sometimes you either go quickly or slowly, depending on what kind of feel you want, in between each of those frames. And he recently did a project where, in today's world, when you film, 60 frames per second is the standard versus 24. And um, to get that kind of movement, he actually drew out every every one second is 60 frames so he drew them all out by hand and it's pretty like inspiring those are the types of things i think where trying to push the envelope that w- that's what makes a good motion that's graphic that's amazing and yeah. what was his name again his name's glenn keen keen how do you spell keen k e a n e okay great yeah. so i'm going to look that stuff yeah. up you know <laughs> do you have an opinion on anime is that something you like or is it you know i'm never against it there are some Sometimes it like goes beyond maybe what I understand about the culture, mm-hmm. um, but there are definitely some very talented um, animated or a- sorry anime artists okay. out there. Yeah, 
How about a blog? If somebody's kind of curious and maybe wants to dip in and read a little bit about this world, is there a, a blog that yeah. you could recommend? Uh, motionographer, I would say it would be the place to start. That's okay. like the um, oh, that's like the top. Like if you can get your work onto there, that's like you're in for forever. Okay, <laughs> that's motionographer. Like the, that's motionographer, a blog. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. And then how about for you guys, do you have a favorite, uh, you know, film or movie or blog or something that would really like a favorite photographer or a favorite designer? You were mentioning some graphic design people that you follow. If somebody wanted to really see work that you thought was awesome, who would you direct them to? Mm. <laughs> Or yeah, if you need a minute to think about it, we'll move on yeah, and can do yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the So the hard thing about photography is you can Google just about everything about it. I hate to say that. Don't tell any of my professors I said that. <laughs> um, but really, if you were interested in learning, I would probably like try to learn the three areas of exposure. And you can Google that anywhere and try to balance them. Um, but as far as like great photographers go, Chris Burkhardt is like killing it right now. And if you were interested in taking a class from him, it's really expensive and it's in Pismo Beach. But you can follow him on Instagram. He also shoots for National Geographic and he is so – he's super cool and his work is so beautiful. And what was his name again? Chris Burkhardt. Okay, great. Well, we'll definitely check that one out too. Okay, do we have okay. a graphic designer? Yeah. it's So um, there is a brand agency – I think it's in LA. It's in yeah. LA, yeah, blind. Um, call, well, this one's called The Future. The, Is that what the one that you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, he, no, he has a, another studio called oh, Blind. Man. Yeah. So mm-hmm. his name's Chris Doe, right? Yeah. <laughs> I just like, don't want to be wrong. Like yeah. D O E? D O, that's it. D O, yeah. <laughs> so he is like the owner of these studios, but this one's called The Future. F-U-T-U-R. With okay. With no E at the end. Um, but I, when I'm like, kind of just want to learn more instruction on graphic design and stuff. He actually does like live Facebook videos and YouTube videos and he'll have people like send in portfolios or stuff that they're working on logos or anything like that. And he'll actually critique it in a live video and say like, this is what I would do differently. And, um, it's really cool. Oh, that's super cool. And he'll answer questions coming in. Um, but I just think that, He's a really good designer and he knows a lot of stuff. So he'll just do like tutorial videos or um, like how to even make a portfolio and like what to do brand wise and things like that. So I like following them on Instagram and watching those YouTube videos. That sounds like a great resource. And again, his name and the and the company? Chris Doe. Mm-hmm. And this one's called The Future. Yeah. Okay. So the Instagram is The Future Is Here. The Future Is Here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. And he has another company? Is that what you were? Well, yeah. His his agency is called Blind. Oh, okay. And the YouTube channel, Instagram, his like social media campaigning is called The Future is, is how it works. Nice. Yeah. That all sounds like very well designed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, cool. That's great to know about your inspiration. I think it's time for another song. Um, this song is called Heaven, and it's the title track from the album Heaven. And the artist is Jamila Woods. And again, you're listening to the Apex Hour, KSUU, Thunder 91.1.
Hey, welcome back to the Apex Hour. My name is Lynn Vartan, and I am joined in the studio today with some of our senior artists, uh, Melissa Kruger, Michelle Gray, and Jordan Haskell. And we're talking about all things art. And this is the Apex Hour on KSCU Thunder 91.1. Welcome back, guys. 
Yay. <laughs> well, in this chunk, I'd like to talk a little bit about a topic we haven't gotten too much into, and that is kind of like where you think art is going nowadays and and how you're feeling about it. Um, As you embark on careers, I mean, you already have them started in art and design. Um, Are you feeling nervous for the future? Are you excited for the future? You know, how are you feeling about sort of the industry right now? Is it is it hot? Is it what's going on in your individual disciplines? I could talk a long time about what's going on in the photography world. It's I'm also a forever optimist, so I am very excited about all the changes I'm seeing. Um, The camera has gotten so much more popular in the last 10 years than it ever has been because everybody has them on their phone, you know? Yeah. So everybody can take pictures. And so we've developed new ways to cram more megapixels into smaller spaces, which is incredible. Like the size – I'm holding up two fingers right now, and they have a very small gap between them. That's how big your sensor is in your iPhone, and you can get these great shots – and I can't help but think that someday, like my big setup, my DSLR camera that I have, it's going to be out one day. And I have no idea what that's going to be next. Technology is advancing so fast. But it's exciting more than anything, the promise of getting really, really incredible photos with like either smaller or more advanced equipment. It's a very tempting idea, like, ooh, like switch out my DSLR for a new mirrorless system. Or there's a new camera that has like 18 lenses that does different depths of field so you can get tack sharp focus in one shot. So it's just interesting. Things Is it are scary? changing. It, again, forever an optimist. <laughs> I'm like a little bit only because cameras are expensive. Expensive. Yeah, right. And so if I get, like, if I invest, like, 10 grand into a setup and it changes, that's kind of frustrating. Mm-hmm. But at that point, I'm hoping that I'm making enough money to change with the times. Right. Sounds good. Okay. I like the optimism plan. Yeah. How about graphic design or in motion graphics? What's the vibe right now? And, I mean, motion graphics and the design, they, they fall in the same category, I would feel like. Um, and I feel like there is... There's so much technology and so much information out there that it, it can be very competitive. But I also feel like there's a movement of moving away from that technology and going back to like traditional methods. Oh. Which is like one of the reasons I started watching more and more traditional animation because that's what inspired the tools that we have today that we use motion graphics for. Um, and I kind of, Melissa could probably. <laughs> <laughs> chime in but i feel like it's the same way in graphic design like we were saying off air like pretty much anybody can pick up photoshop and say oh i'm a designer now so there's i think there's like um there's principles that they're focusing more on and um it'll always be needed i feel like especially with film and video it it reaches such a broad audience that it's always going to be in in demand so i feel pretty bright for the the mograph future (laughs) i like it anything to add yeah like jordan was saying i think there's always going to be a need for it especially when i feel like now is the time that people are starting new companies and new brands and like business owning is a huge thing right now. Um, and with that goes branding and they need marketing and they need a logo and packaging and all of that stuff to go with it. And so whether it's in an agency or in-house or even freelancing, I think like it's very positive and I'm excited for it. Yeah. How do you feel about, um, 
the skills, like what in your mind, in your areas, what do you think are some of the important um, skills or personality traits that you are cultivating in yourself that you think will be really key to your success? Is there anything that you're that you feel like you particularly have naturally or maybe that you're working on cult- cultivating that are going to make you more marketable or you think are going to really contribute to your success? Any um, thoughts? Well, I think I don't I don't think design is something just anyone can do. I maybe that's a bold statement to say, but um I definitely think you have to have like an eye for it and know what good design is. Um, a lot of people just say, well, I could have made that logo in three seconds. And it's like, well, how, like comparing how well would it be, you know, and how, who can tell the difference, you know, um, if you can tell the difference. Um, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that, but <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I think that you really like, we all have a talent and like, I think it is something that you're kind of born with Mm -hmm. and you have an eye for design. Um, Obviously there are skills that you can learn like typography and like letting and tracking and even letterpress and printmaking and stuff like that. But to come up with the design and know that it is a good design is I think a skill to already have. I see. Any, any others? Yeah. There's a lot of problem solving and critical thinking that, I think most people don't realize when they're first getting into design, mm-hmm. they feel like it's just going to be all, I don't know. Drawing, painting. Yeah, <laughs> album covers yeah, and right. social media. And there's just so much more to it that, yeah, it can be um, bracing when you get down. Like mm-hmm. like I said, problem solving and critical thinking, they're all very much part of design mm-hmm. as much as the aesthetic part. Of it. Yeah, I think an example of that just for people who don't really see the – Uh, relation with that is um, I always go to publications and say a client gives you an article and you have to put it in a magazine, but you only have one page to do it. That's a problem solving thing. You have to come up with a good design to fit that article in it without cutting any content because the client doesn't want to cut any content. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of like the problem solving that I see from that end to give an example. Right. How about the the customer interaction piece of the puzzle? Does that come easy for you? Is that something you feel like you have to develop? Is that something you think about? Is that part of is that part of the landscape? I'd say yes. I think it's definitely something that you have to learn and some people are better at it than others, but you learn like key phrases, you learn how to interact with people and especially with the option for all of us as freelancers, like you're, you gotta sell yourself. Like no one's gonna hire a moody photographer or like a quiet, boring, like graphic designer. Like right. they're gonna hire someone whose work that they like and they seem like a good person and a good fit for whatever job that there is. Right. So you gotta be able to kind of like gauge your audience a little bit, see kind of what they're wanting, what they're feeling and decide if that's for you and then let them know that you're that person for them. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, please. No, <laughs> go for it. Are you kidding? Um, clients are, I think, very tricky to work with. Photography also. I've worked with clients and um, graphic design because a lot of – I I don't know how to explain it, but it's you just have to find the right balance and not, like, overpowering them, but let them know that you know what you're talking about and, like, you're the expert on it and they aren't. Yeah. And just finding that right balance is sometimes difficult 
Do you have any suggestions for any would-be clients out there um, that can help your side of things as the designer? <laughs> what 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 would you if you wanted? You know what what's a dream client? What can we come in knowing or having thought about to help your side of things? Um, one thing that I put in my photography contract actually is basically saying um, like you've seen my work, you know what you're buying kind of thing. Like you are aware of my work and my style and I'm not going to change that. Like my style is my style. Um, and that's what you're hiring the person for. Um, Cause I've had photography is just an easy example to go to, but I've had clients that are like, well, can you re-edit this kind of the way that I want it? And it's like, well, no, I can't because that's not my style. Um, and so I think if the client just knew that, like what they're getting into, I guess, what, who they're hiring and right. what kind of design work or photography style. Cool. Anything else to add to that? I say that sure we make it look like it's easy, but it doesn't mean that you could do it too. Right. That mm -hmm. sounds really, really mean, but it's like, someone's like, Oh, all you're doing is, you know, pressing a button and taking a photo. And it's like, actually like <laughs> I'm monitoring the light. I'm making the background blurry or sharp. I am composing the image in such a way that like it's looking pleasing to you. And you don't even know that that's going on. Right. And a lot of people are like, Oh, well, why would I pay you that much if I could do it myself? And mm -hmm. oftentimes I'm like, go do it yourself yeah. then <laughs> and we'll see definitely. the difference. Yeah. <laughs> I wish the clients just knew, like, like as a freelancer, I charge $20 an hour, which is actually very cheap. Yeah. And I should be charging way more, but I'm still a student. And I have so many people saying, like, oh, how much do you charge? And I tell them per hour. And then they're like, oh, how much do you think a whole branding project going to take? And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, it could take that. weeks, yeah. months. Like, who knows? And sometimes I kind of just give them a range, like this many hours, and then they're like, okay, thanks, and like never hear from them again because they're like, that's so they're expensive. But around, yeah. yeah, they don't understand the process. Right. Like, well, it, it's just weird because it's like they think they're just, they're literally just paying for you to like, you know, wiggle the mouse and arrange things, you know, like mm -hmm. in a Microsoft Word document. But it's like, oh, like I have paid for this skill. I pay for my laptop. I pay for my power. If I'm paying rent, if I'm paying for food, like. Mm -hmm. And it's a design a, process. Yeah, you know, exactly. We do research about the company that we're going to brand or whatever. And um, then we do research of what kind of design style we want to go for and matches the company. And we put together mood boards for the client and then meetings with the client. And then we go through steps. It's not just a, I'm going to sit down one time and do this. So that's something that I wish the clients knew. Yeah. Okay, cool. How about uh, advice maybe that you have gotten in, in this part of your career or earlier in your career that you have felt that has been really important or really valuable? Is there anything, any advice that anyone's given you or that you have found that you have found to be particularly key in, in your artistic endeavors or in your business endeavors? Anything you can think of there? Um, I think just knowing your worth and not with photography, with my photography business, um, I always want to lowball because I want clients, mm -hmm. but advice I've been given like time and time again is those just aren't the clients that you want. If you have to lowball yourself, um, just set your price range at what you think you're worth. And then the clients that you want are going to come to you. 
Um, and I think that's like the best advice that I always have to remind myself is like, no, I'm worth this much. And so I'm not going to settle or di- give discounts or anything like that because I know that this is what I should be charging. Cool. Right. Any other uh, advice, thoughts, or key words or input? I would just echo that as well. Um, I mean, there are times where we all feel like we're not good enough, but if you don't respect yourself, like she's saying, then your clients aren't going to respect you either. Mm -hmm. And that comes with, like, asking for the appropriate amount to be paid and um, just being confident and trusting yourself that you do know what you're doing. And that you do have that, those skills that are on demand. Great. Cool. Okay. Well, uh, we have one t- one more musical break here. And this song is called Queen. And the artist is Janelle Monet, uh, But also it features Erica Badu. Um, so I think that you might enjoy that. Again, this is the Apex Hour. And you are listening to KSU Thunder 91.1.
So we are back here at the Apex Hour for our last favorite bit, everybody's favorite bit of the show, which is what's turning you on this week? And this is the Apex Hour on KSUU Thunder 91.1. So who would like to go first? We've got Melissa, Michelle, and Jordan telling us what's turning you on this week. All right. I guess I've been voted out. (laughs) first. I'm really into a new TV show on AMC called The Terror. Um, Imaginary Forces did their title design, and I'm I'm really digging it. I love the title so much because in in any given film, TV show, it's like the portal. It's like the first impression of like what the show or movie is about. So I think they did a really good job on that one. What's that show about? It's it's in the 1840s. It's about two ships that were sailing in the um, Antarctic. They uh-huh. were trying to, like, explore. And their ships got stuck, and then they never come back. So it's like a horror slash survival story. It's, it's really great. That's cool. And that's The Terror. <laughs> the Terror. And yeah. it's on AMC? I, I believe it's on AMC. Okay, yeah. great. We'll check it out. <laughs> yeah, All right, who's next? Yeah. Um, so something that I'm always into is this podcast, which is my favorite podcast ever. Um, but it's called My Favorite Murder. Um, oh. Have you heard of it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have. And I haven't listened to it oh, yet, really? but I totally... I am obsessed. Because I... that It sounds creepy, but, like, I'm obsessed with, like, learning about serial killers and murder and all of that stuff. So they are... One's a comedian, and one... Um, she was on Food Network for a while. Um, and they just met and made this podcast... And basically, I mean, they're like an hour and a half episode. So a lot of it is them just talking about their normal days or random things or shows or stuff. But then they get to just each of them prepares a murder and they talk about it. But it's really funny. It's not like serious or anything. They make jokes and it's really funny. I love it. Okay, cool. We'll look forward to that podcast. And last but not least, what's turning you on this week? This might be slightly lame, but I just found a really good deal on a swimsuit that has sharks all over it. I'm super into sharks, and so I lost all of my financial willpower and bought it today, and it was shipped today. So it's going to be a good day next week when I get it in. 
That's fantastic. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So once again, we have Melissa Kruger here, Michelle Gray, and Jordan Haskell. And these are seniors in our Bachelor of Fine Arts program. And their work is on ex- uh, is part of the big exhibition at the SUMA Museum, Southern Utah Museum of Art, that's running right now all the time. It's there. Go check it out. It's free admission into that museum all the way through until I believe it's May 5th. And that's all the time we have today. So I'm going to sign off here. You're listening to the Apex Hour. My name is Lynn Vartan, Thunder 91.1, and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the Apex Hour here on KSUU Thunder 91.1. Come find us again next Thursday at 3 p.m. for more conversations with the visiting guests at Southern Utah University and new music to discover for your next playlist. And in the meantime, we would love to see you at our events on campus. To find out more, check out suu.edu slash apex or email us at suuapex at icloud.com. Until next week, this is Lynn Vartan saying goodbye from the Apex Hour here on Thunder 91.1.